Welcome to the Starch Solution Weight Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Healthy Emmy. I am a nutritionist and the creator of the Slim on Starch program. If you want to lose weight on a plant-based diet, listen to this podcast. Also, bonus points, go and watch all of my YouTube videos, Healthy Emmy on YouTube. But if you're really serious about this, go to healthyemmy.org, apply to work with me as well as a mindset coach and a nutrition coach, and let's do this thing. Now, on to the podcast. Hi, I'm Healthy Emmy, and in today's video, we are going to be speaking with my Slim on Starch client, Gabby, who after just six weeks of us working together, has successfully ditched calorie counting and now practices intuitive eating and trusting her body on a plant-based diet after decades of the habit of calorie counting. If you're new here, hey, I'm Healthy Emmy. I'm a nutritionist and the creator of the Slim on Starch program. If you want to work with me as well as a nutrition coach and a mindset coach to go through a transformation like Gabby has done here in this video, then click the link in the down bar. If you're a client of mine, you know that you and I work together, but also I bring in two other professionals, a mindset coach and a nutrition coach to work with you as well. And I want to shout out mindset coach Whitney and nutrition coach Kate, who worked with Gabby to help her transition from the safe habit of calorie counting into what can be a little bit scary with intuitive eating on a plant-based diet and helping provide a safe environment for her to make this transition in. Gabby had been counting calories for as long as she can remember. It had been going on now decades of the practice. And when we first got on the phone to meet one another, she said, Emmy, I already eat clean. I already eat a whole food plant-based diet. This habit of calorie counting, I just cannot drop. And I'm here because I want to develop a healthy relationship with food. She had listened to what I talk about in my videos and how we should be able to trust our bodies to communicate with us how much food it needs, but she wasn't able to get there on her own. And she knew that she needed a safe environment in order to make this transition and be free from that habit and just be able to move on with the rest of her life with food being her friend and food not being a threat or something that she had to duck dodge and dive from as a means of not taking in too many calories. Her story is so inspirational and I'm so glad that she was vulnerable enough and courageous enough to share it with us. Let's start at the very beginning, Gab. Why don't you start by telling us what life looked like way back when before the program even started? Yeah, absolutely. So growing up, so I guess a bit if we're really taking it back, growing up, um, in my households, my mom was always on some form of diet, um, whether it be Weight Watchers, um, the Atkins diet, which was really popular way back when. Um, and she was, de- she was definitely like good intentions um, in the sense that she wanted me to like be a part of it. She wanted me to be really health conscious. Um, and as someone who is a bit of like a type A, like per- perfectionist type of personality, I always tried and like ran with it. So I wanted to learn as much as I could about these diets. What were the foods to eat? What weren't? Um, and that kind of triggered, unfortunately, you know, just through my own personality, kind of like a obsession over what was going into my body, you know, what type of energy I was expelling every day in the form of calories. Um, and so it just turned into this sort of tumultuous relationship with food and exercise. Um, and it's kind of been that way up until I've joined the program and kind of been able to release my thoughts from those types of activities. But 
it definitely takes a toll on you. You know what I mean? Especially being so young, it probably started around when I was 10 um, and I'm 28 now. So, I mean, that's been most of my life that I've kind of dealt with those types of thoughts that stems pretty early on. Yeah. And something that I noticed, and I see this very often with clients is that we engage in behaviors that are no longer serving us. And we don't see really a purpose to doing them, but we continue to engage in them because it's just all we know. So the calorie counting, for example, it was just what you knew and it felt safe to you, even though it really wasn't giving you much. Exactly. Yeah. And it was a total source of control too. It's like when things in life, as they always do, you know, get especially crazy, like at least I knew I had my, you know, however many calories I was adhering to that day, at least I knew I was hitting those numbers. So it was just a really negative sort of feedback loop. Uh, In a sense, I was like rewarding myself, but in a really negative way of restricting, not listening to my body's cues and things like that. Mm -hmm. So let's Let's talk about what you tried to do on your own to try to alleviate and mollify this relationship with food. What did you try to do to try to work through this on your own? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I mean, early on, really early on, I was literally following the Weight Watchers diet, which was totally not something a growing young girl should be doing that's active and that's playing sports. So, I was calorie counting um, via this one app that's pretty popular. And like I said, kind of adhering to those, that number, um, which just always kind of surmounted to me just eating the littlest amount of calories as I could pretty much and finding like all of these hacks, if you will, like how can I get a feel full, but eat like the lowest amount of calories possible, which was not sustainable, which would lead to me feeling lightheaded. You know, I wasn't present with my friends because I just wasn't serving my body and giving it the resources and the food that it needed to be sustaining my activities. Um, So it was really just, I was just in a position where I was never present. You know, I would always be looking at the clock where I would be like, okay, it's three o'clock. Like I can't eat until five though, because I had these three square meals a day um, as our society often does. So yeah, my, the, the app that I was using was kind of like the most used app on my phone. Essentially, I would be calculating all day. It would be all these little math equations and how can I fit this in? And, and goodness, if I had even in events at night with my friends, a restaurant, I would be, you know, searching the menu just to fit however much into that calorie realm, or I would not be eating until dinner. And it was just, it was just getting to be way too much of my brain space, really. Yeah. And you had mentioned too, that the restriction as it always does, when our body just cannot do it anymore, leads to binges and leads to overeating. Would you feel comfortable sharing a bit about that? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, really great point. Yeah. So due to due to kind of those restrictive habits that I was putting myself through, ultimately, of course, anyone doing that to themselves would feel really hungry at some point throughout the day in life. And and typically for me, it would be like after a sports practice. You know what I mean? I just exerted myself, expelled a lot of calories, did not have the adequate amount of food sources going into it to fuel my body. And so typically for me, my pattern was like late at night, like after I ate dinner with my family or or whomever, it would just be like this really obsessive, like almost like a blackout period is the best that I could describe it. I would just be in the kitchen eating all sorts of foods that I would never typically eat um, if I was in a sound and healthy state for my body. So my body was just craving, like it was almost in fight or flight. It was like, just get all of the food that you could possibly get in your body. It was like this really 
interesting position to be in, but I mean, this would go on for years. This wasn't just like a small section of my life. This was like, it's been a restrictive slash binge eating cycle for as long as I can remember, probably like 10 or 11. Um, so yeah, just really negative, you know, associations with food because then I'd feel embarrassed. It was like this kind of secretive habit that would take place. Um, and I think unfortunately that's more common than not that that does happen with restrictive tendencies, especially, you know, the more I open up with friends and whatnot, that some people have experienced similar things. And I'm really glad that you brought up that note that that feeling of embarrassment accompanied it, because I think this is important for us to recognize that this would be akin to if you were walking in the desert for years and years and you never had a drink of water, and then you were embarrassed that you were thirsty and drank an entire jug of water, we'd say, well, of course that's going to happen. You've been deprived of food all this time. And so that's exactly what was happening with the restriction. And many people do feel embarrassed about this, but there really is nothing to be embarrassed about the body doing all it knows how to do, which is to try to keep you alive. And what it needed more than anything was steady nourishment and for you to rebuild trust with your body that you were going to fuel it and that it could properly communicate with you, which I think we've been able to achieve. So do you want to talk about how you were feeling right before we started working together physically, mentally, emotionally? Um, absolutely. So it was a really interesting position that I was in. So I had, um, a surgery plans actually, and I knew that I was going to be going into the surgery and I was looking for some sort of program. I was in the mindset of like, I need to get this under control. Like I need to go into the surgery in a healthy spot. I'm going to give myself a couple of weeks and like, what are the resources available to me out there in the world that could help me achieve this goal? And it's funny. I was actually just on YouTube, like looking up. So I've always been a whole food plant-based eater, you know, at least the last like eight to 10 years. So I've, I've been doing this lifestyle for a long time. So I knew that the program I wanted to adhere to was whole food plant-based would focus on nutrients, would focus on the produce section um, and the starches section, things like that. I knew that, but I didn't know what programs existed. And I luckily oh my goodness, I don't know how I stumbled upon your videos, but I luckily did through my YouTube searches. And I quickly became a subscriber. I was like, this so resonates with me, just like your personality, how we operate. I just really identify with it. And so I quickly like, you know, submitted to be a part of your team and you then quickly reached out. So it happened pretty fast, but through watching your videos, I was like, oh my goodness, like, this is what I need. Like this speaks to me. It's nourishing your body. It's listening to your hunger fullness cues, which is something I'd always wanted to learn and just never knew how. So it was really just like packed into your six week program was like everything I was looking to learn. And I just didn't have the resources. So it was like, truly like a godsend. I was like, I need to be a part of this. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so glad that you did too. I remember I was in Turks and Caicos when we had our first phone call when I first met you. And as you were telling me your story and telling me your background, as often happens with people like yourself, I think to myself, oh, she's got potential. This is going to be good. And in those moments, I think to myself, I really hope that she is willing to take the leap and just do it. Because from my side, I'm like, this is going to be great for her. And I'm so glad that you took that leap. Because of course, you know, this, you were talking to somebody that you didn't really know, and maybe you'd watch my videos, but you still, you got to take a leap of faith. And I'm really happy that you did. I'm impressed that you did. And thank goodness that you did, because now you're free, you're light. You, I mean, and, you know, after um, having your surgery as well, being in a body that you feel is totally nourished and light and free and you're at peace with. 
Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And you wouldn't believe it's like, because I was in that space for so long of like, my whole life was literally consumed from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to sleep. Like how many calories can I burn? What am I going to put into my mouth? Like, oh my goodness, I'm going to the social event. What do I do? How do I explain to people why I'm eating iceberg lettuce? And that's it. Like just all of these horrible, you know, consuming thoughts. And just to throughout the, this, the entirety of this program last six weeks, be freed of that type of thinking. Like I could go camping with friends and eat really nourishing foods and even share it with them and have them, you know, be really excited about it and like teach them, you know, what I've learned and things like that. It has been like the best six weeks, like literally going through some of your worksheets you've provided the program. My fiance will just be like, what's going on? Because I'm like crying. Like, I'm just like releasing all of these thoughts that are just like built up over years and years, you know, almost two decades now. And it's just been lovely. So I can't thank you and your team enough, truly. It takes two to tango, baby. You've been a great client. (laughs) Thank you. I know that you felt nervous coming into the program because you already were eating whole food plant-based. You were doing the calorie counting. You're a type A personality like I am. So everything's nice and structured. So there's that skepticism and that doubt of, well, this probably isn't going to work for me. You know, I don't have tons and tons of weight to lose. Can you walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, just for some background, so going into Emmy's program, like I was already at like a healthy BMI range. I just had like a couple, I think you used a really good term, like vanity pounds that I wanted to lose, like still stay obviously within the healthy BMI, um, but just like get to a really good, comfortable place where I felt confident and things like that. Um, And previously, you know, this has been a two decade long issue for me. I've tried many different programs in my adult life. Um, including macro counting, which always became totally obsessive because it was like, not only am I focused on calories, I now have this food scale that's got to literally come with me everywhere I go. I mean, I travel a lot for work. I was taking this thing in the airport. Like it looked horrible probably. And I felt horrible. It just wasn't sustainable, but I was just so desperate. That's like the best way I could describe it. I was so desperate to fit into these macro goals, I was eating like chocolate bars. So I could hit my protein goals. Like nothing felt right about it. I was eating these fake sugars. I was like, this can't be good for like my gut health. Like there's issues happening here. Um, so anyways, all of this to say that, you know, the amount of freedom that I feel now, I mean, not having the calorie count, you know, listening to my body, which I think is like an amazing gift that our bodies given to us. And I think that I was just ignoring it for almost three decades. It's just crazy to think that I have this new tool available to me that we've been able to discover together. And it's just been fantastic. Like I cannot say enough. (laughs) What did you do to stop that habit of calorie counting? Because after all those years, you basically are a walking calorie counter and it's an automatic thought. So how did you stop that behavior? Yeah, that's a really good question. So to be honest, I, and this is not how everyone operates, but it worked really well for me. I just like cold turkeyed it. Like I deleted the app on my phone. I, anytime I like started thinking of myself doing the math equations of, oh, Apple, you know, whatever. I just tried to just like create a habit in which, and of course this wasn't overnight. This was probably over the first like three weeks of your program. So half of the program, I really did have to remind myself like, this is no longer part of life. This, this can be released. Like we have new capacity. That's not going to be that. And it's going to be 
like I said, being with my loved ones, just things that I prioritize over these math equations. So I also deleted my Apple Watch and you could see there's only a small tan line here. This used to be stark white <laughs> because I wore everyday hiking and everything. And it's almost gone. And it's to me, this is a symbol of like my healing, like because this is turning the rest of my body the same color because I don't depend on some little device telling me what my self-worth is. And it's it's just been amazing. It's like, I don't feel like I have all of these little numbers that I look at at the end of the day before I go to sleep. And that doesn't dictate like how good of a person Gabby is or like what value she brings to the world. And I think that that's huge because that's just like improving my self-image day in, day in and day out. Um, and that's just something that, you know, takes a little bit of time, but it's so worth it once you get there and you just make those, those habits a priority. It's very hard to stop doing behaviors when stopping the behavior has you just sitting there twiddling your thumbs. And so what you learned to do was how to value yourself and find your self-worth in areas outside of calorie counting. So you replaced that. And instead of, oh, I'm a good person or I'm accomplished because I hiked five miles today and I burned this many calories, instead saying my value and my worth comes from the time that I spend with my loved ones and how I make them feel and how I'm a valued member of society um, and just replacing how you used to value yourself with something that is a lot more beneficial to not just you, but those around you. Because at the end of the day, nobody gets a trophy for how many calories they burned on their Apple watch. Exactly. No, that is so true. I love it. In that moment though, it can feel very empty. It can feel a little bit lonely. You know, calorie counting has been your companion. Those behaviors were the things that you all you knew for all that time. So how did it feel to sort of grieve the the loss of those behaviors at the beginning? Yeah, I mean, transparently was definitely like you said, I mean, that was my companion. That was my kind of going back to earlier, my source of control. And it allowed me to feel comfort. It allowed me to feel like I finished my day. And even I hit the calorie activity amount, I hit the calories I was supposed to consume everything evened out, it was like this little scale. And just being free of that. It's so funny. It's like, even, you know, I do a lot of hiking and things like that. And before it's so strange, it's like, I would want to hit this however much mileage. And I'm finding myself without the Apple watch or without the the restriction and, and the thoughts. I'm so much more in tune to like nature. And I'm like, wait, this is why I should be hiking. Like, So I could, you know, be one with nature and look at the flowers that are on my left and look at the birds that are on my right. And I was so consumed by just checking the watch, you know, every 10 minutes. Okay, where are we at? That my fiance is like, you are so much more present. He's like, I just feel like you're almost like just freed of all these just toxic habits. And and he's like, it's just it's just been an amazing thing to watch over the last six weeks. So we've been, you know, totally thrilled. And I feel like I'm just able to like really dive into the relationships, which if you can tell is a common theme and and one of my top primary foods. Um, So it's been fantastic. I meet people like you, Gabby, who, and I remember it from our first phone call too. I think when I hang up the phone, I think to myself, we've got to get her head clear because you are just too vibrant and sweet and vivacious to have a head full of calorie counting. And your your fiance, I know, thinks the same thing. He's like, I have Gabby. I have the real Gabby now, not somebody who's forefront of her brain is uh, consumed by thoughts around food. And I know that was one of your biggest accomplishments from the program you said was just the mental clarity. Can you speak to that? 
Absolutely. So it's so funny. And I, and I've written this, I do a lot of journaling. And so outside of the journaling I did in your program, I just do my own journaling about, you know, how amazing this whole experience has been. So I went into your program with the same, you know, goals I'd always gone into different programs with, which was weight loss. Um, and it's so funny because literally after probably day three or four, that wasn't even like on my mind. Like usually I'm like, okay, keep the goal in your head. You know, like that's what keeps me going. I like to keep that in the forefront. That kind of went to the back of the whole train. You know what I mean? The forefront was like all of these amazing tools I was given in my mindset coach, my nutrition coach, giving me feedback every weekend. And it was just such a small part of the program. And of course I met my goals, you know, and I'm, I'm going to continue to be at this goal weight, I'm sure. But that wasn't even a priority. Like it was a priority going in, but that quickly changed with the help of you and your team. Just get my priorities aligned. Like goal, you know, like, like you said, and I think it's an amazing statement is like, weight is like the, the releasing of the weight is a byproduct of all of the healthy mindsets that we're creating together in this program. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think mindset is a huge component of your program and your amazing coaches that I've worked with. Like I could go on and on about them. They're like the sweetest, most helpful, like we're so responsive. (laughs) So yeah, I, I think, you know, I've gained obviously a much healthier mindset and I, I can't even tell you, I mean, in no world can I have imagined myself like in this position where I could like, even just talking about food and and my struggles, like I look back on it and identify that it was a struggle, but it's not like this weird feeling that I used to get when I would talk about food and exercise, it would just be like, oh my goodness, because there's trauma there. And, and it's almost like I'm slowly releasing that trauma and that's not going to go away overnight. But I mean, because that's decades of, of, you know, tough choices and things like that, but it's definitely an amazing start and I feel really proud of it. Yeah. And that's the the next question I want to ask is what, what are you proud of? And something that I noticed that you should be very proud of is moving food from the category of being a threat to food being neutral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's not something that it's not your best friend. It's not your worst enemy. It's something that you use to fuel you. And then you go on about the rest of your life. Um, I'm really proud of you for that. And I know that's something you're proud of and your ability to communicate with clarity, what your relationship with food is something that you're proud of as well. Yeah, absolutely. So something really interesting I noticed. So I kind of mentioned, like, I do a lot of travel for work and I would always be like terrified to go on these trips because I'm by myself. I'm just at my own disposal. You know, they're pretty much very stressful a lot of the times as some work trips can be. And I would always be nervous going into the trips like, oh, gosh, am I just going to binge eat the whole time? There's no one to keep me accountable but myself. I don't have the tools to not binge eat. You know what I mean? And I've gone into all of my trips, you know, stressful trips, non-stressful recreational trips so confidently that I have the tools, you know, I do batch prepping. And if I don't do batch prepping, cause I'm on a plane, like I know where, you know, where in the grocery store I've got to go as soon as I land or what restaurants I could go to, um, you know, through your program, you give us like a cheat sheets, if you will. So I know what the safe spaces are where I could get like a potato and some steamed broccoli. And it's no longer like, I know I've been using a math equation, but it's no longer this crazy equation of like, this doesn't even feel like achievable. How am I going to do this trip and not fail? And so it's like, not only do I have to be present for my work, I also have to figure out this big equation of how I'm going to get through the day and not feel horrible and, and not binge eat and then have to figure out how I'm going to go to bed because I'm so full. Like, 
just releasing all of that. <laughs> like I said, I mean, number one is presence with my loved ones, but my work is really important to me too. And just having the mind space for those types of trips and just to be present with clients, it's it's been huge to not have to navigate, you know, all these juggling balls on every trip I go to, go on. Do you want to talk about something that you achieved that you didn't think that you would, you weren't expecting? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I will say, and this is kind of interesting, but I've had way more energy than I've ever had before. I find that I'm sleeping sounder. I'm not going to bed hungry, which, you know, when I, I either used to go to bed hungry or full, I would either decide not to binge eat and I'd be starving and my stomach would be keeping me up. And I'm like, okay, quiet down. It's not time for you. Or I'd be so full and just like, there would just be so much, you know, glucose spikes and and whatever else is going on in my bloodstream at the time while I'm trying to sleep, which is just so probably not how you're supposed to do it. (laughs) Um, So I found I've just been so energetic. I've been sleeping so well. I mean, I think just the mental capacity alone of having the space to just like be myself and be vibrant and the energetic person I always used to be before I went into all these crazy cycles is a huge, amazing byproduct of all of this. Um, so yeah, I feel like I've just been running circles around my old self that used to be so weighted down by by all those thoughts. Mm. I know that the making up with food exercise was something that really spoke to you. Can you share can you share your revelations from that? Yes, absolutely. So the making up with food worksheet is one is one of the many worksheets that Emmy and her team provide you with throughout the program. And so essentially it's you kind of taking a look at how you viewed food in the past, um, what types of thoughts it gave you, you know, what types of episodes you might've had with food, if there's trauma there, which oftentimes there usually is, if you're going to a program like this sometimes, and, and then how you're going to be looking at food because of this program due to the mindset component. Um, and that was one of the worksheets I was referencing earlier, where I was literally crying because I was kind of like looking eye to eye with like the young 10-year-old Gabby that was trying to navigate life and grow up, but also, you know, maybe had some of these examples that to no fault of my mom's or anything, I mean, she wanted the best for me, but that I was emulating and thought would be the best for me. And then lo and behold, I'm actually creating this horrible cycle for myself at 10 years old, you know, middle school. And so I was just crying and I, I was just trying to kind of come to terms with, you know, all of these years, I won't call them wasted, but just all these years that were really consumed by these types of negative thoughts. And it was really healing for me just to be able to acknowledge like this was a huge part of my life. And I'm not going to pretend that that wasn't a part of my life because it very much was part of my journey and my chapter and allowed me to get to this stage. But, you know, my future outlook on food is just, you know, it's healing. It's something that gives me energy for my hikes. And that was never a thing. Food was like, I open the fridge and I see, you know, I'm scared because I don't know what I'm going to eat. I don't know what's going to fit the calories. And I'm probably going to feel horrible later because I'm probably going to binge because I just restricted. So it was just, you know, it was a huge revelation and just really a healing kind of journey and, and worksheet for me to work through. I really appreciate how you said, you know, those years are not lost years and I'm not going to beat myself up over them. There's a great Oprah quote, which is forgiveness is no longer believing that things could have looked differently. It's putting that to bed, you know, the past is the past and that's that. And that was that chapter. And, you know, maybe ages 
10 to 28 were really difficult and really tumultuous, but now 28 to 90, I'm going to absolutely rock. I have this whole future in front of me. And we could look at the difficult time that you had for those couple of decades as a gift, as a launching board to an extremely full life and all of these years tied together that are going to be completely fulfilled. Whereas most people, if they didn't have that struggle, they might have a lackluster life, but yours is going to be next level. Like you said, you go hiking and the sound of the birds and the sun on your skin, you appreciate these things so much more because of what you've been through. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I do feel so blessed in the sense that I, I did find this way of life very young, you know, compared to maybe when some people have, but whatever age you decide to embark on this type of journey, I think is an amazing step. And it could be a very scary first step because you're acknowledging, okay, I want to fix this problem. And sometimes that's the scariest part. That was the scariest part for me as someone who tries to fit herself in this this block and is trying to be, you know, all the best of the best. And then saying, no, I have like an issue that I really want to get to the bottom of so that I could live the most fulfilled life possible with my loved ones. Um, so that was the, the, the hardest step, honestly, was just making the call to you, you know, filling out the form and acknowledging, Hey, I want to work on this part of myself. Um, and I try to just approach it in a really positive way. And I, I think that made all the difference, especially having the positivity of your team and then just trying to be as positive as I could about it, especially being something I really struggled with was huge. What advice would you give to the person who's listening to this interview and saying, I really identify with Gabby's story and it's so great that it worked for her, but it won't work for me. Um, first of all, I totally understand that, especially being someone who's been through, I, I, before this interview, I was thinking probably four or five different programs in the last like three years. Like, I'm not kidding. It, it, there's been so many things I've tried due to the desperation of getting out of these thoughts. Um, but seriously, like I was saying, it is going to be so scary, but truthfully, some of the scariest things I've done um, were the most rewarding and, and the times that have provided me the most growth. And it's just because I took that really scary step. You know, you don't know what the future looks like. You know, you don't know what the team's going to look like. Um, but I can guarantee you that once you take the step and you talk to Emmy, like she will calm you right down. You will understand that it's, it's a program that's going to really benefit you and be for you. Um, and the coaches make it really easy too. I mean, they they cater it to, you know, they cater the week to week to what your concerns are, what your needs are, your positive feelings that week or negatives and really make it an easy journey. So couldn't say more. Like I said, you made it easy for us too, Gab. We're, I'm going to miss you. I really am. And I really hope that you stay in touch and you reach out often and just update me on how you're doing because it's been a real joy and a treat to have you as a client. Likewise, I know I'm gonna miss you guys. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to mention? No, no, just raving about your program. But yeah, thanks for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> Pleasure. If you made it to this point in the video, comment courage because Gabby has displayed such courage in making this transition. It has been such an honor to be by your side, Gabby, and I know that you've inspired other women who are listening to this story today. I love you, honeys. I hope that you are brave enough to come work with me, and I'll see you in my next video.